This is a message that was recorded at Word of Life, a London City Church in Lewisham, London. May God bless you as you listen. because you're faithful. I want to thank you because your word remains the same. Jesus, you said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not a jot, not a tittle of the word that has been spoken. And so I pray that there will be a revelation in our hearts to understand you, to understand your word, that your word, O oh God, will bring life, will strengthen us, will bring illumination because your word says the entrance of your word brings light. Father, let there be creativity in your word today and let lives be transformed. And may we be drawn closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The title of my message today is If Anyone is in Christ Jesus. And I want to thank Shelly Ann for um, taking the message Last Sunday, I was listening to it, and I said, okay, let me piggyback on, on that. Okay, if anyone is in Christ, Jesus. This is, it's become a cliche. How many of you believe that? It's become a cliche. And the reason why it's become a cliche is because we have not grasped the revelation of what it means to be a new creation. Am I making sense? If we look at that scripture, and I'm going to read it in three versions. The first one, which is New King James, says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I want you to home in on that. All things have become what? When anyone, this is easy to read version, says when anyone is in Christ, it is a whole new world. The old things are gone suddenly. Everything is new. Amen. Let me read the Amplified. Amplified actually amplifies it. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith, in him as a savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Amen. So what you note there is that all things, not one, but all things have become new. So what does this really mean to you and I? What is your understanding of a new life in Christ Jesus? The answer is simple, and you find it in the scripture. It says you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And you see, what we're talking about here, we're talking about spiritual transformation. Spiritual transformation occurs when 
a man or a woman chooses to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. Amen. A new life means completely new. A new life means a new family. Believers. A new life means a new motivation, new values, a whole new life, which means the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The things that never brought God glory, I don't do them anymore. Let me give you a picture. We've been told by our insurance that the whole house from top to bottom is going to be rewired. Which means every floorboard, every plasterboard, everything in that house will be stripped. And then it will be rewired. On the outside, nothing has changed. But on the inside, old things... <laughs> Are you getting the picture? I had to use that so that you will understand. And even that the word rewiring is the same way we're no more rewired to, the, to Satan. We're now rewired to God. Do you understand? That's a new creation. Everything about you, your thoughts, changes. Amen. The outside might look the same. The outside may be decaying, but guess what? There's transformation going on on the inside. Amen. I remember when I gave my life to Christ, most of my friends said, no, <laughs> we're not going with him anymore. But guess what? I had new friends, and they were believers. They were people who challenged me. They were people who pushed me to get to know God more. Let me tell you one of the things that when you're talking, you know, every time I think about this, I, I came to study in England in the 70s, and then I went back to Nigeria in the early 80s. And I remember my dad saying something, and this was what he said. He said, son, every person go abroad. They come back with a car. They come back with something. But you've come back with vinyls, records. Why? Because that was my passion. I bought sound effects, uh, 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 incidental music, all those things. I had bags full of it. But when I encountered God, when I became a new believer, guess what went? I got home that day and my room was flooded. My cousin's room was not flooded. Mine was flooded. Guess what was destroyed? All my records. And I remember when I gave my life to Christ and I stepped out of that church, the first thing that I hungered for was worship music. And that was when I first listened to someone called Al Green. Are you getting me? When you are a new creation, when you're born again, everything of the old has to die. <laughs> Oh, people of God, am I making sense? 
You see, what the challenge has been is that for many years, we have focused on the born-again experience, but have failed to focus on what it means to be a new believer, a new Christian, or a, a new creature. We failed to focus on that. We focus so much on what we're going to get. We focus so much on who we are. But we've not focused on the fact that the new life is a life of death. Do you believe me? Let me show you scriptures. What I've actually, the number one, let me do it this way. Number one, what I want you to understand is that as a new believer, you're a dead man walking. Do you believe that? <laughs> if you've never heard this, you're hearing it now. As a new believer, you're a dead man walking. Okay? Look at Paul in, in Romans 6, 1 to 4. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Amen. Paul in the book of Ephesians wrote and said, we're saved by grace. And unfortunately, <laughs> when I say to some people, I say, I don't want to hear anybody talk to me about grace anymore. They think I'm saying that I hate the word grace. No. I know what grace is. I'm saved by grace. But we have allowed so many people to use grace as a license to sin. As a license to be lazy. But Paul is saying here, because we're saved by grace, does that mean we should continue to sin? No, 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 no. You're a dead man. You're buried. <laughs> you cannot live the Christian life if you do not die to your old life. Amen? That's why Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, you have to deny yourselves. And do what? Take up your cross. How often? Daily. How many of you know what the cross actually stood for during the time of Jesus? If anybody was carrying their cross, it means they were going to replace of crucifixion. It means they were going to replace of death. Amen. So the new life is a life of dying to old self. Hallelujah. Is there someone excited now? Have you ever seen a dead man commit crime? Have you ever seen, I said a dead man, have you ever seen a corpse commit crime? React to an insult. Put a corpse here and you can kick the corpse as much as you want. They will react. And we're being told we're a new creation. 
So what it means, slap you on the left, what do you do? You see, nobody said anything. <laughs> because we know what Jesus said. He said, if they slap you on the left, turn the right cheek. Amen. So what he's saying is that no revenge. <laughs> so new creations do not revenge. Because they're dead. Hallelujah. I hope I'm helping myself. I'm not talking about you. Paul was making it clear to us that when we chose Christ as our Savior, we chose to die to our old self. A preacher might say to you, come just as you are. Yes, God accepts you just as you are, but he does not want to leave. He does not want you to leave the same way you came. Praise the Lord. Number two that you need to note about a new creation or a new creature is that they set their minds on the things above, not on things below. And you're still going to find death in it also. He says, as a new creation, look at Colossians 3, 1 to 5. He says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him, guess what, in glory. So all this dying thing has a reward. <laughs> <laughs> it's called glory. Now, this is now comes to us as believers. It says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Then he lists them, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, why is he saying put to death? Because sometimes... We believe a born-again Christian. We want the Holy Spirit to switch on the light. We want the Holy Spirit to drive the car. We want the Holy... Everything, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. But Paul is saying here, you put to death. <laughs> You're going to ask me, but that doesn't make sense. The Holy Spirit highlights it in you. He highlights the faults. He highlights those things. But it is now your place to say, I am not going to do this again. Let me give you the picture that God gave me whilst I was preparing this. Before you started driving, did you know anything about stopping at a red light? You probably saw people do it. But if you can adjust to stopping at a red light and going when it's green, then we can also do the same thing about the things of God. When you go to work, before you walk there, you probably were a disobedient person. But when you start walking in a particular place, you know what you do? You abide by the rules. Do you know why you abide by the rules? Because you know that you can be sacked. You know you can go to court. 
Even when there is a desire in you to do those things, you constrain yourself. Am I, am I, please, am I making sense? But do you know why when it comes to the things of God, we don't do anything? It's because we believe God is not seeing us. We believe there is no, um, what is it called? Consequences. Immediate consequences. If we knew that there was going to be immediate consequences, you know what? We will truly, truly put to death those things. <laughs> Are you still with me? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. How many of you remember a saying that goes, do not be so heavenly minded that you are of no earthly good. How many of you have heard that? Do you know, I've heard pastors, preachers use it, but it's wrong. It's not biblical. Because scripture is saying here to you in Colossians 3, set your minds on the things. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever asked yourself, who said those words or who brought that quote? They're either philosophers, psychologists, but they're never Christians. And we think so many things from the world. When Jesus in Matthew 16, 19, 20 says that we should lay our treasures, lay treasures for yourself in heaven, not on earth where moth will destroy, but in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. So did Jesus ask us to Lay treasures for ourselves down here. No, it says in heaven. But can I please say to you, before you think that I'm saying that, oh, Jesus does not want you to be rich. He does not. No, 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 no. He has no problem. Abraham was rich. Joseph was rich. You named them. They were all rich. Okay. But the key thing is that when we set our eyes and our heart on treasures, we won't serve God. He says, for no one can serve two masters. You'll either serve one <laughs> and not serve the other. Are you getting me? And so this is why our heart, we need to set our heart on things above and not things below. Amen. You see, the truth is that if you focus on earthly things, how do you deal with it when the enemy steals them? Are you getting me? You, you, listen. And what I'm saying to you does not mean that I have the strength to do it. But when we had the fire, okay, I came out of the house with my family and I stood and I was looking at it. Okay. You know why? Because I got to a point I knew there was nothing I could do. <laughs> there are prayers sometimes you, when you pray them, you have to be very careful. I've been saying to God, humble me. Break me. Remove from me the things that are idols. And sometimes God wants to test you. Is the house an idol? Is your car an idol? Am I number one? A lot of people have turned away from God because the things they have made idols in their lives has been taken away. Amen. I told you that the Lord once said to me, stop making your children an idol. To check myself. What is it that you're setting your eyes on? 
Is it your job? Is it a car? Is it a house? New creations, new creatures set their eyes on the things above. So that when the things on the earth moves, you still have something to look up to. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do I have witnesses in the house today? Oh, hallelujah. Um, number three. Am I right? Is this number three? Be crucified with Christ. I, I love this scripture. For years, I quoted it. I prayed it over my life. It says, Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I am now live, I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me, let me say something to us. The natural has to be put to death before you can truly become a living sacrifice. Most times we try to offer spiritual sacrifice to God without first sacrificing the natural sacrifice. The flesh, our desires, our passions. You see, the challenge is that if we do not crucify the natural, if we do not bring the natural to the altar, the natural life will continually resist the spiritual. And that's why sometimes we struggle with prayer. That's time we sometimes we struggle with fasting. That's why sometimes we struggle with even going to a prayer meeting. We struggle with worship because the natural is still saying, hey, you're forgetting me. Listen, I'm here. Hey, hey, hey Roland, Roland, oh, you want to watch football? Yeah, go ahead and watch it. Roland, you want to do this? Hey, but it has to die for us to experience the spiritual. Hallelujah. Because God does not walk with the natural. He is spiritual. And it's through walking with him in the spiritual that you become supernatural. Have you ever thought about it that way? The natural on its own can do nothing. It can, it can stop you from moving forward. But the more you come to the cross. Why did Paul say, uh, uh, um, uh, um, presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. I beseech you therefore, brethren, to present yourself as living sacrifice. What? Holy and acceptable to God. Because if you do not crucify the natural, it's difficult for you to become a living sacrifice. Because you will always jump off. You will always jump off. Every time the fight, oh, jump off. You jump off. So, Lord, crucify me. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is when you're being crucified, you still have life. Because what does, what does he say there? He says, I'm being, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives. Who now lives? Christ. And Christ does not live outside of you. He lives inside of you. Hallelujah. He lives inside of you. Be crucified so that Christ can live in you. And that's why the natural has to die. Amen. Someone said this, and this was the quote, God is not actively involved in our natural lives as long as we continue to pamper and gratify it. 
Amen. The reason we struggle with our new life as Christians is because we're yet to lay our lives down at the feet of Jesus. We still pamper and quote wall saying, which sounds good, but is self-gratification. I listen sometimes to some of these people who quoted this thing. Let me give you a quote and let me tell me who said this. And a lot of people use it. It says, no matter who you are, no matter what you did, no matter where you've come from, you can always change, become a better version of yourself. Do you know who, quoted, who, who said that saying? Anybody? You want me to tell you? It will shock you. Madonna. Madonna. Now, Madonna is telling you to be a better version of you. What's the better version of you? The old self. So if you're going to be a better version of your old self, it means you're magnifying what you were doing before. <laughs> have, you, have you gotten what I'm saying? But when Jesus is saying to you and I, except a man is born again, there's got to be a renewing. You can never change yourself. But she's telling you, Change yourself. But as believers, we quote those things. They sound great. But they're from the pit of hell. Let me give you another one. This one says, As human beings, our greatness lies not so much in being able to remake the world. That is the myth of the atomic age. As in being able to remake ourselves. How do you remake yourself? <laughs> Jesus says, you have to be born again. Nicodemus says, hey, what are you talking about? Do I have to go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You, a teacher of the law, you do not understand that the new birth does not come by going into your mother's womb. It's a spiritual thing. You have to confess your sins. You have to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. As much as I used to do my, my New Year resolutions, for years, I will make those New Year resolutions. I'll tell you one interesting one. made a new year resolution one year and I said I'm not going to drink anymore and I think it was 1st of July 1989 no 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 I got saved 89 must have been 1986 or thereabout 1st of July what I had not drank in six months I drank it in one day Year resolution. Are you getting where I'm coming from? Because sometimes we want to do these things in our own strength, and this is what he's saying remake yourself. You can never remake yourself. For you to become a new creation, you have to be, you have to encounter Christ. And the Holy Spirit has to do a walk in you. 
So when I say to people, for 32 years, I've not touched alcohol. The day I got saved, I lost all interest. People of God, I'm sharing my heart with you because we are in the times when we need to be very careful. When I read things like them saying, oh, conversion therapy, is a therapist or whatever, and the church, some people are screaming, oh, and I'm laughing. You know why? You and I do not change anyone. We do not convert anyone. The church does not convert. The church does not change people. The Bible says in John 16, it says when he comes, he's the one who does it. The Holy Spirit. And that's why there's got to be power again in the church. That's why we need to begin to flow again in the power of the Holy Spirit. So that when people step into a place, it has nothing to do with you. It's the Holy Spirit. Gently massaging the heart, saying, the Father loves you, and that's why his son died for you. That's why he gave his only begotten son. I hope you guys are getting where I'm coming from. Paul says, if a man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. And I want to encourage you, people of God, always, always check scriptures and check words that are said. Do they actually align themselves with the word of God? I want to quickly show you something. And this is, is this number four? Put off and put on. Um, okay, I'll do this. Sorry, I'm coming out of camera. <laughs> I'm, I brought this because this is interesting, what I want to do here, okay? If I had this on, I could have used someone, but because of the COVID rule, I'm not using anyone, I'll use me. <laughs> this is my old self, okay? My old self. Let's look at what scripture says. Colossians 3, 5 to 10. It says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, da-da-da-da, it goes on. And in verse 8, it says, but now you yourself are to do what? Put off. Amen. So, it's not saying the Holy Spirit is going to do it. It's not saying your pastor has to do it. He's not saying anyone else is going to do it. But he's saying to you, you, put off. Which means you have to take it off. Anger. <laughs> Hatred. Unforgiveness. Are you getting it? You put it off. But what most of us are doing, we're still wearing it. But he's saying, put it off. So, what do I do with this? I put it off. Okay. But guess what? I've put that off. 
I'm naked. I'm exposed. So Jesus now tells us in scripture that when a house has been cleaned out and is not filled, that the enemy comes back and checks that house and sees that there's nothing there. What does he do? He goes back and brings seven more. And the man's state is worse than it was before. Now that's why sometimes some people say they've given their life to Christ. And they've done all the putting off. Okay. But they've not filled themselves with anything else. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So what happens is because they've not filled themselves with what needs to be filled, guess what? The enemy comes back, he sees them empty, and he bombards them, and their state is worse than it was before. And then we say they're backsliding. Or we say they were never born again. It's because they were born again, They've been taught to put off the old man, but we're not taught to put on. So I put off the old man, and now what do I do? I put on the new man. Are you getting me? There's a difference. That's green. This is black. <laughs> We put off, let me read the scripture for you, in verse 10, and have put on a new man, amen, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him. So I put on this new man according to my knowledge, according to my understanding, according to, 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 to a revelation of who created me. Then he goes on in verse 12, he says, Therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, put on, so what I'm putting on now is tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, and bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. But above all these things, put on love which is born of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Amen. I want you to go on and read it. But what you see here is that when I put on the new man, when I put on love, when I put on meekness, I put on humility, I am free. I have peace. Because I've done it with the help of the Holy Spirit. I've done it in association with God. Hallelujah. Are you getting me, people of God? I would have left it on, but it is hot. <laughs> I hope you're getting where I'm coming from. Okay. Now, let's quickly look at number five. Am I right? Learn from Christ. Amen. I'm not going to go into all of this because of time, but Ephesians 4 17 to 33. It talks about putting off also and putting on. But verse 20, which caught my attention, says this, but you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him 
as the truth is in Jesus. 22 then says, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, I want you to take note of something. He said, learn from Christ. There's a reason why that scripture is telling us to learn. He didn't actually say learn from Christ. He says, if you have. That means if you have learned from Christ, then you wouldn't, be, you wouldn't still be putting on the old man. Okay? Because Jesus had to shed something to put on something. Isn't that so? He gave up his deity. The Bible says he made himself of no reputation. So what have we been told here? If we've actually learned from Christ who we're emulating, then we won't live our lives the way we still live. Amen? I, I began to ask myself this question. If I'm truly in Christ Jesus... How do I deal with insults when people insult me? How do I deal with rejection? How did Jesus deal with false accusations? How did he deal with the lowest moments in his life? How did he deal with the highest points of his ministry? Do you know what the highest point of his ministry was? I don't think I can put a finger on it because he was healing people. But in all of that, he was still saying, don't tell people that I did it. Amen. The highest point of his life, of his ministry, was when he came on a donkey. And can you imagine that donkey, that donkey could have said, hey, look at me, guys. I'm bringing in the savior of the world. But Jesus, who was riding on that donkey, still did not allow that to take his focus off what the call was. And I want to challenge us that as new creations, we must not allow the blessings of God, the rejections, the, 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 the going through the fire, all those things to actually take your focus of the first call. But you need to know the call. First. What have you been placed on this earth to do? Why did he leave you on this earth? You get what I'm saying? I believe there's more to God. Than what we see on a daily basis. You know when. These days, I see us when there's a little persecution or something, we sign petitions. Listen, sometimes they send to me and I sign. And sometimes I get to that point where I can get upset about things. But I tell you, one of the things I learned from the, from the early Christians, when they told them not to preach again about Jesus, do you know they didn't fight? They didn't write a petition. You know what they did? The Bible says they went back 
into the upper room. And they called the brethren. And they said, this and this and this is what has been said. So they began to pray. Hallelujah. As they prayed, the Bible says they were filled again. Guess what? With boldness. Now, remember in Acts 2, they've already been filled with boldness. So why then did they need another feeling of boldness? It was because it's getting tougher. <laughs> and we just want to sit with what we received the very first day we got saved. I'm still speaking tongue, brush, go, 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 tie my bow tie. Oh, people of God, it is time to move to the next level. <laughs> it is time to move to the next level. And like I said to you, as I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. You know, I tried something out yesterday night where it says, put off, put to death. 10.30 is normally when I watch much of the day. And I just sat there. I said, no, I'm not watching I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to prepare for the message. And when I finish, I'm going to go to bed. Because I knew I was going to wake up early. Are you getting me? It was a choice. I disciplined myself to do it. And I believe that's what Paul is saying. Is that we all can discipline ourselves as new creations. We can discipline ourselves. We can decide I'm not doing it. And say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Amen. Let me just quickly read to you the final bit. And this is where it all comes to. Are you ready for this? How many of you are ready for this? If you know you're ready for it, put up your hand. Okay. Are you sure? Are you sure? I should bring it on. You are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. A new creature is an overcomer. Hallelujah. When you've gone through all that, you've given up this, you've given up that, it comes back to you still winning. It's a win-win situation. And listen to what 1 John 5 says. It says, for whoever or whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People of God, you're an overcomer. If you're born again, if you're a new creature, you are an overcomer. Hallelujah. So which means you can overcome sin. You can overcome lies. You can overcome anger. You can overcome all those things because you are born of God. And you overcome the world. Amen. Have I made sense? Now I want you to I want you to pray this prayer with me. Let me just pray it. Sorry, I'm going to go over a little. I'm going to pray this prayer. And they're going to put the prayer on later on. This is the prayer that I started praying recently. 
Father, I want to know you. But my coward heart fears to give up its toys. I cannot part with them without inward bleeding. And I do not try to hide from you the terror of the parting. I come trembling, but I do come. Please root out from my heart all those things which I have cherished for so long, which have become a very part of my living self, so that you may enter and dwell there without a rival. Then shall you make the place of your feet glorious. Then shall my heart have no need of the sun to shine in it. For you will be the light of my heart. And there shall be no night there. In Jesus name. It's a prayer I began to pray. The more I was saying Lord. I'm tired of coming to, to church. Preach. Nothing. I'm tired of words, 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 words. Lord, reveal yourself to me. It's called pursuing God. It's time for us to pursue God. And he says, then all these things that we're pursuing will be added unto her. But first, we need to come to that place. Is there anyone here today and you say, Lord, I want, I want to take away the toys in my heart. Those things I have held on to. Those things I've cherished. Those things I've held on to. Is there anybody here? You don't have to say, I want to be born again. Is, are you ready to say, Lord, I throw my toys away? Stand up, please, if you are here and you say that's what you want to do. And let's pray. Shelly Ann, please, I want you to sing, move me now. You know, the more, the more I have to throw away, the more I know God is giving me. And I want to confidently say to you, without even, there are many of us here, we have toys. We have our toys. You might not know what it is. Your toy could be unforgiveness. <laughs> Your toy could be anger. Your toy could be, could be, could be, could be, I'm never going to let go. We all have toys. So when I, when I said, if there's anybody here, I, I just believe it's everybody in this place. But I was being very cautious when I asked that. But you can keep your toys and we will pray that God will remove toys from the hearts so that he can be king over our hearts. I'm going to throw that quest. I'm going to throw that request again. Anyone here that wants to throw away their toys and say, God, come and rule in my heart. Anyone? If you're here, stand up. Move me now.
If you have been blessed by this message, please don't hesitate to contact us at www.wordoflife-lcc.org. And remember, God loves you.